0: The High Praises Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's lead pastor Chris Starr. If you've got your Bibles there at home or wherever you are, I want you to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 20. And I have a message that I've entitled Jesus the answer in your crisis. It's an Easter message. John chapter 20, I want to read verses 19 and 20. It's connected, of course, with the Easter story. Here's how it goes. Then, the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, this would be Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning, when the doors were shut, because, or where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews. That's important. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Today is Easter. It's the day we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I was reading a story this week that I thought would make a tremendous and wonderful introduction to this message. It's a true story. A pastor took a group of his church members to Israel, to the Holy Land, and while in the garden tomb, a lady in their group tripped and fell backwards and hit her back and her head. Everyone was startled. It was an intense moment. They were afraid that she hurt herself. Fortunately, she was okay, and that's the good news there. She was all right. Well, they finished their time in the garden tomb, and then a little while later went up to a place that overlooks the garden tomb, and the pastor had set it up where they were going to have a worship service there, and he preached, and in the middle of his message while he was preaching, he looked at that woman who had fallen down and he said, you know, there have been thousands of people who have walked into that tomb, but only two have ever laid down in it. And then he said, the good news is that both of them got up and walked out. Of course, he was talking about the woman and he was talking about Jesus. We know the story. Jesus was crucified and died a very cruel death on an old rugged cross. His body was laid in a borrowed tomb for three days. But on that first Easter Sunday morning, he got up and he walked out in resurrection power. And like the angels at the tomb, I'm glad to declare to you, he is not there, he is risen. Hallelujah. Maybe at home you just want to say hallelujah right there sitting in your recliner. Now, that's about Jesus, but I want to talk about the disciples this morning because for the disciples, the death of Jesus was a major crisis. Uh, They were terrified. This, This turned their world upside down. And so I read the Gospels about what the disciples were doing in the interim between Friday and Sunday. And as I read what they went through, what they experienced... It was obvious to me that there were similarities in their responses with our responses and our situation in our present crisis, which was the COVID-19 or the coronavirus crisis. And I want to just spend the next few minutes showing you the similarities and extrapolating some powerful truths that I think will help us as we're going through this crazy time with COVID-19. Here's the first thing. They were informed of Jesus' coming death, an imminent resurrection, but they struggled to accept it as truth. They knew it, they heard it, but it it may have gone in one ear and out the other and never really registered with them. Let me read Mark chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. And Jesus began to teach the disciples that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, so he's telling them, And after three days, rise again. So he's telling them this in advance. He spoke this word openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Peter said, this is not going to happen. What are you talking about? See, he heard it, but he didn't believe it. And when Jesus had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Now listen, virtually no one was expecting a crucified Messiah. They thought it was preposterous that Jesus would die. They couldn't accept it. They couldn't believe it. Let me just go back a few weeks ago and take you down memory lane. Do you remember when the news first came out about COVID-19? Initially, very few of us Thought much about it. Quite a few people said that it wasn't going to happen to us or that it would be minimal or that it would be no different than the flu. And very few of us expected a pandemic to rock our land and upset our lives and our economy in such a drastic way. But this is what happens when you are limited by human nature. We are. We are trapped within time and space. We're only in the here and now, so we cannot look into the future. We're unaware of the dangers that lie ahead, but here's the good news. This coronavirus never caught God off guard. He saw it coming. He knew it was going to happen. He knew its effects on his people, on the church. He knew its effects on the nation. He knew its effects on the economy. He knew its effects on your job or on your business. Now, God didn't cause the pandemic. I don't believe that, but I believe God is using this pandemic to get our attention. We've had our mind on the things of men But God is using this pandemic to focus our attention on the things of God. I really believe that. He is redirecting our focus on the things that are the most important. I believe if we'll open our ears, we can hear God speaking to us during this crisis. So that's the first thing. Now, this second one really is going to resonate with you. And I read it in the text. You ready for this? The disciples were sheltered in place. That's right. They were sheltered in place. They were behind closed doors in the interim between Friday and Sunday. They stayed behind closed doors, and it was not because of a government mandate, because the governor of, of, of Judah said, or Judea rather said, you have to stay inside. But it was because of the listen, it was because of fear of death by the Jewish leaders. They were afraid that the same Jews that put Jesus was on a cross would come to them and take them out and put them on a cross and kill them. But do you see the correlation, the fear of death, okay? Now, we can identify uh, j- just this past week, Governor Henry McMaster, the governor of South Carolina, mandated a shelter in place for home and work. And so like the disciples, we have to stay indoors. We've, and people are remoting from home. Uh, Offices and businesses are closed. There's a constant fear of getting the virus. We're washing our hands. We're not shaking hands. We're practicing social distancing. The disciples practice social distancing in those three days. The third thing where there's a similarity is they, they, they experienced a great loss. Now, of course, that loss was Jesus. They had had him with them for three and a half years, and now he was dead and gone. And it was a struggle for them. And some of you have experienced loss in this coronavirus. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you've had a loss in income. Maybe you've had a loss in your pension, your retirement, your 401K. Uh, Maybe you've had a loss in your savings account because you're having to pull from Savings to live. Maybe you've had a loss in money in the stock market. Maybe you've had a a loss in your business. You've lost customers. I went to a local um, uh, car wash uh, uh, yesterday or or this past week, rather, and uh, they told me they were down uh, from 150 cars to 50 cars and, and they were barely making it. And the owner was just Keeping it going, trying to pay the employees. He was taking a loss, but he was trying to help his employees. It's, it, that's that's the, 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 the environment that we've been living in. And so, what happens when there's loss? The result is there's sorrow, there's depression, there's frustration. Uh, maybe you felt some of this. A se- this one can be just, just the sense of being out of control. Have you felt that with this coronavirus? I'm out of control. This is out of I can't do anything. Uh, Maybe you feel victimized. Well, the disciples felt the same way. Here's the next correlation. See if you can relate to this. The time between Friday and Sunday was only three days, but it seemed like an eternity. Now, this is Easter Sunday, okay? And uh, we're in the second week here of April, and really this thing kind of got going really good back in March. If you remember, it hasn't been a long time. It hasn't been half of a year. But if you're like me, it feels like an eternity. It feels like this thing's just been going on and, and, and it's like, when will this thing end? Okay? And I think that's how the disciples felt. They're locked up in that room and they're like, when will this be over? When will this crisis end? They couldn't see an end in sight. There was no light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, and I think we feel this way. We thought it all would be done by today. That was the hope. Even the President of the United States really hoped. And he'll tell you he's a cheerleader, and I like that. He's a positive leader, and that's, that's my style. So I, I resonate with that. And he was being hopeful. He didn't make any vain, empty promises, but he said maybe by Easter. Well, it's Easter and we're still in the thick of it. And so now the pundits are saying maybe by the end of April. And we're all hoping that this thing will be open over by the end of April. And and But some are saying it could be May. Some are saying it could be June. It just seems like there's no end in sight. But I don't want to come here this morning and depress you with that. Can I just be a spiritual leader and a pastor and a preacher and tell you right now, I may not know the end date, you may not know the end date, but hallelujah, God knows the end date. God knows when this thing is going to be over. God knows when it's all going to come to pass, and until then, we have the promise that he will see us through. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo, I'm going to just shout a little bit. God's going to get us through this. So that's another similarity. Let me let me share this one with you. I saw this. You should be able to identify with this. Their faith was diminished maybe even non-existent. I'm going to give you, give you a couple examples. Mark 16, 11, when Mary Magdalene encountered Jesus and then ran back to the disciples and told them that she had seen Jesus, they didn't jump up and down to get all excited. The Bible says they didn't believe her. And then 11 or 10 of the apostles saw Jesus. He revealed himself to them. And then they went to tell Thomas. Thomas missed church that Sunday, and Thomas said, I don't, you know, and that's how he got the name Doubting Thomas. He said, I don't believe you till I put my hands in his nail prints and put my hand into his side. I watched what they did to him. I'm not gonna believe you. He was. He thought it was incredulous, and, and so there was doubt there, okay? Let me ask you this. Have you been negatively affected by this crisis? I'm sure you have been, and it may be that you have wondered Okay, where are you, God? Where are you? My job is, is on the line, or I've been furloughed, or they let me go, or God, I, I, we're, we're struggling now to make ends meet, or God, my business is barely keeping its head above water, or I'm like that guy that Pastor talked about. I'm trying to pay my employees because I'm trying to keep my business alive, but I'm taking a hit. Where are you, God? You know, it's easy to trust God in the good times. But the challenge comes when things are tough. That's when you find out where your faith is. When things aren't going well. And that's when you say, okay, it's always easy to have confidence and reliance on the Lord when everything's smooth sailing, but all of a sudden, things are not going well. What are you going to do? What will you do? Well, the disciples failed to go to the Word of God, which for them was the Old Testament Scriptures, And they failed to remember the words of Jesus. The answers were right there. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he actually took time to take the Old Testament Scriptures and say, guys, I tried to tell you about this. The Scriptures have prophesied about this. You had the answers all along from God. You just didn't take the time to look and to listen. And so this morning on Easter Sunday, maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're wrestling. Maybe you're, you're saying, God, where are you? Maybe your faith has diminished some. Maybe, maybe your faith is, is being bombarded right now with doubt. Listen to me. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We listen to the doctors. We listen to epidemiologists. <clears throat> we listen to experts. We're listening to the pundits. We listen to the newscasters. We're being hit with so much information. We don't know who to believe. We don't know what to believe. We don't know what's true. We don't know what's false. But I'm so glad that God's word has some good news for us that we can count on, that we can rely on. Let me give you some good news. Jesus said, in the middle of your COVID-19 crisis... I know that's not in the Bible, but it applies. Here's what is in the Bible. He said, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. You have the promise of God being right here with you. You feel like you're in the fire. Right now, the fourth man is in the fire. You're not going through this alone. Jesus is with you. You feel like you're in the lion's den. This thing's about to tear you to pieces and eat you alive, but it's not because God is in the lion's den with you just like he was with Daniel. Let me give you Isaiah 41.10. I love this scripture. It's God speaking. He says, fear not. Don't you be afraid for I am with you. And don't be dismayed. Don't get down. Pull your chin up for I am your God. If I'm your God, everything's gonna be all right. If I'm your God, I've got this under control. And he goes on to say, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Are you hearing me this morning? God has said, in the middle of this coronavirus crisis, that He will strengthen us. I believe He'll strengthen us physically. I believe He'll strengthen us financially. I believe He'll strengthen us in our faith. I believe He'll strengthen us spiritually. He said, I will help you. I believe God's going to give you the assistance that you need. And He said, I'll uphold you. You're not going under. Don't think you're going under. Don't let the devil convince you that you're going under and you're going to lose everything. God is on your side. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging bread. God is going to hold you up. Others may fall, but God's going to hold you up. Oh, let me go to Psalm 90 because some of this is here. Psalm 90 verses 2 and 3 and 5 and 6. I love this. this. This is another one of my favorite scriptures. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge And my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Now listen to me. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Watch this. Listen to this. And from the perilous pestilence. Do you know what a pestilence is? It's a plague. The pestilence is is COVID-19, y'all. It's in the Bible. And God said... He will deliver you from the perilous pestilence. And the Bible goes on to say, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Watch this. Nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste At noonday, he went on to say a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. My Lord, you ought to get a hold of that today. If you're the child of God, God is watching over you. His eye is on the sparrow and he's watching over you. Hallelujah. Oh, I gotta keep going. Isaiah 43, verses two and three. God said, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, They shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Tell Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that. They'll yell amen back to you. You shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I'm telling you, we've got God on our side. And that's enough to get us through this crisis. We just have to stay in the word. That's why I encourage you, read the word. Stay in the word. Don't don't listen to Fox News and CNN and everybody else. It'll pull you down. Just get in the word and say, God is bigger than this. Here's the last one. I think for the disciples, it seemed like hell and death, and if you want to throw in Rome, it seemed like all of them had won the battle. Won the victory. Jesus was dead, buried in Joseph's tomb. Death had won. Hell had won. A two-ton stone was rolled over the door with Roman guards standing sentry outside. How do you overcome hell? How do you beat death? How do you defeat Rome? Well, I'll tell you how. Because this is the rest of the story. The Bible tells us in the Gospels that two angels descended from heaven, rolled back the stone, knocked out the Roman guards with a manifestation of God's glory, and Jesus stepped out victorious. (laughs) Hallelujah. The devil couldn't stop him. Death had to let go of its icy grip on him. It couldn't hold on to him. It had to let him go. (laughs) Woo! Rome was humbled before the Son of God. That's what happened on Easter Sunday. Listen, COVID-19 has been painted as a powerful virus. You know this. It affects the young. It affects the old. It affects the healthy. It affects the sick. It's worldwide in its reach. And because of it, Because of COVID-19, death is at work in the land and in the world. The government trying to help us has shut down the economy. How do you beat this? We're powerless. There's nothing we can do. But wait. This is the truth. Where our abilities end, God's ability just begins and he has the power to give us life and he has the power to give us victory. So what do we do? Here's what we do. We continue to trust God. We continue to pray. We continue to stay in his word. We continue to wait on the Lord because they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength and they'll mount up like on wings as eagles and they'll run and not be weary and they'll walk and they're not gonna faint and that's a picture of victory and vitality and strength and productivity. Are you seeing? When we wait on the Lord, God will come through and I know it's old, I probably shouldn't even preach this because it's almost a cliche but I don't care, it fits. It may seem like Friday, y'all, but Sunday's coming. That's what we have to keep telling ourselves, Sunday's coming. and and God is going to bring us out of this thing hallelujah hallelujah what similarities well Jesus came out of the tomb and at Jesus resurrection his appearance all the uncertainty all the waiting all the wondering all of the worrying and all the suffering came to an end and a new day dawned. Let me show you something real quick that ought to bless you. Okay, you ready for this? Here we go. Number one, when the disciples saw Jesus, when the disciples saw Jesus, they were changed. They were transformed. These doubting, fearful, and hopeless men became the nucleus of a world-changing, faith-filled, and victorious army. When they saw Jesus... The church was born. Let me tell you something that I really believe. I've had a lot of time to meditate on this, and I believe this, and there are others who feel the same way. I believe a rebirth of the church is on the horizon. I really do. I believe we're gonna come out of this different. I believe we're gonna come out of this changed. You know, church was an option for a lot of people, and for a lot of people, church had become the last option. Before the virus came. And then the virus came and church was no longer an option. Church was taken from us. We can't meet anymore. At least that's the way it has been. We can't get together. It's it's too dangerous. It's not not socially responsible in this battle, in this war against this pandemic. But, But the day will come when we're going to be able to meet together. And what I'm praying for is that there will be a change in the value system of the people of God that they'll say, you know what, I used to take it for granted and then then it got taken from me and I couldn't go to church and I appreciate technology and I appreciate the music and I appreciate Pastor Chris preaching and bringing us these messages, but it's not the same as being in the house of God where the presence and the power of the Lord is and you can have somebody pray for you and touch you and lay their hands on you and hug you and love you and and you be part of something bigger and part of it. It's not the same. I'm believing there's gonna be a change and a rebirth of the church. I think we're gonna have a new love and a new passion for Jesus. I think we're gonna have a new love and a new passion for the church. I think we're gonna have a new love and a new passion for for the work of God, and I just don't think we will go back entirely to the old way of doing things. I believe the church of Jesus Christ is going to be innovative. I believe we're going to be creative like we've never been before. I think we'll use technology like we never have before. You think of all the small churches, smaller churches that that don't have the capability for for what we're doing here, the live stream. We've got cameras and all the technology. But you know what? These small churches found a way. They found Facebook Live and and they found out how they could get FM receivers and set it up and people could come to their parking lot and turn it to 93.7 FM and then they could hear their pastor coming through the radio. Isn't it something that churches that never would have done this on their own under normal circumstances were forced to find a way to to adapt and overcome and I just don't think we can go backwards. I think this is God's way of rebirth. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel a prophetic spirit on me that this is gonna be a rebirth of the church. This is something we've desperately needed because the church has grown weak and anemic. God, give us a revival and a resurrection where we come out on the other side of this pandemic strong and powerful and focused and anointed and more impassioned than ever before in these last days to work for Jesus Christ and spread the gospel and fulfill the great commission hallelujah hallelujah I like to say this the disciples spent three days trying to save their own lives (laughs) but after the resurrection instead of trying to save their lives they spent the rest of their lives trying to give their lives away almost every one of the disciples died a martyr's death the resurrection of Jesus was transformative and they gave their lives to the cause. You know, let's just be honest. A lot of us, we've given our lives to a lot of things other than Jesus. I mean, I know you're saved, but you, just, you need to be honest. We, we got so wrapped up in everything else. We got wrapped up in sports. Have you realized how, have y'all noticed that we don't have to have ESPN? Have you noticed that? You know, we don't have to have college sports. And, and I know we're all hoping college football will come back because that's a big thing, especially in the South. But you know what? We found out we don't have to have it. We found out we don't have to have the entertainment industry. We found that out. I think our eyes are being opened how some of us have made sports a God. Some of us have made entertainment a God. And God took those things away. And thank God he did because it's helping us to see that we've been giving our time and attention in our lives uh, to other things. All All that travel ball, all those sports events for our kids that... We run our run our wheels off. I did it, we did it. I understand. It, it, we understand but but all that's been taken away and I think we're getting our values back in order to where when we come out of this, we're going to give our lives for Jesus. They were changed. the disciples, their fear turned to faith, their cowardice turned to courage and they would never doubt again. Here's the second thing, death gave way to life. That's that's obvious. <laughs> Jesus was. Dead, but he came back to life. That's the Easter story. Well, this deadly disease that we're presently battling, listen to me, it will give way to life and health. It'll come. There is hope, and we will overcome. But listen, what we need more than victory over COVID-19 is spiritual life and spiritual health. I'm not going to repeat myself, but just again, we've been so distracted, and I think many of us are guilty of, of not not walking with the Lord like we should. And for many, this period has been a time where people have drawn closer to the Lord. We don't want that to take be taken away from us. This is a time for personal revival. And, and I remember when 9-11, what a horrible time, day that was. What a horrible week that was. And it was a horrible time in, in America's history. And I remember that. And, and I remember that for just a brief time, America was humbled and people ran to the church. And for a week or two, people got to the church. But when everything sort of settled down, they stopped going to church and people walked away from God. I'm praying, help me pray this, that in, out of this thing, that it won't be like that. But that God will shake us to our very foundation, to our very core and transform us. And we'll begin to walk in closeness and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Finally, here's the last thing. God, through the resurrection, the death and resurrection, made a perfect way for sinful people to be saved and have a right relationship with Jesus. I wish I would had come up with this, but I didn't. But I read it, and it's so good. I thought, I've got to preach this. You know, the stone wasn't rolled away to let Jesus out. It was rolled away... To let us look in and forever be changed. Think about that. The tomb is empty so we can look in and say he's not there. He's alive and he lives to save people from their sins. The empty tomb is proof that Jesus is alive and redeems people who are bound by sin and millions of people. Millions of people have experienced his life-changing presence and power. And here's the good news. This is what I'm excited about. If you're listening today and you're not saved from your sins and you're not right with God, you can experience that life-changing power today. I want you to think about Simon Peter, one of the apostles, one of the disciples. After, you know, Peter denied Jesus before he died, he, he had an opportunity three different times to stand for the Lord, but he denied him. And when he denied him, the Bible says that he ran away and wept bitterly. He ran away. Get a hold of this. He ran away. Pastor Billy, you can play softly, please. He ran away. What, what did he do? Well, he ran away from people who were realizing that he was a friend of Jesus. But there's more to it than that. He ran away from his fears, he ran away from his failures. He ran away from his past. And for three days, Peter was grief-stricken. For three days, Peter was plagued by his guilt. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say this, but maybe maybe he was suicidal. Maybe he had some thoughts. I don't know. I'm sure he was embarrassed. I think he was paralyzed by the past. He had blown it. He had bragged that if everybody else wouldn't stand for Jesus, he would stand for Jesus. And then when it came time, he wasn't a man, he was a chicken. And I'm sure that just crushed him. But on that Easter Sunday morning, instead of running from something, the Bible says he ran to something. He ran to the tomb. I think he was trying to get to Jesus. He runs to the tomb with hope with hope that he can encounter Jesus again and this time be changed because listen hope is greater than guilt hope is greater than fear hope is greater than sin so as I close this message here's what I want to ask you what are you running from today? what are you running from? A failed marriage, a fractured friendship, a consuming addiction, a lustful lifestyle, a life lived for self at the expense of the people around you. What are you running from? Are you running from God? Let me ask you another question Are you tired of running? Are you tired of running? Listen, like Peter, you can stop running away from God and you can run to God. A God who won't point his finger at you and say you're a failure and I hate you and you're going to go to hell forever and I want nothing to do with you. No, if you'll come to him and repent and humbly say, God, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I want to be saved. I don't want to be wrong in my relationship with you. I want to be right in my relationship with you. God is a God of mercy and grace when we come like that. And he will change you and he will wash you and he will cleanse you and he will forgive you and he will embrace you and he will love you and he'll take you as his son. He'll take you as his daughter. All you have to do is believe. Look into the empty tomb and say, it's not a mythical story. It's true. It's true. And if I just ask that living Jesus to forgive me of my sins, he'll do it and he'll change my life. Jesus invites you to run to him. He'll save you and give your life purpose. And guess what he'll do? He'll resurrect you because you're dead. The Bible says we're dead in our trespasses and sins. You're spiritually dead and you know that. If you're in sin, you know that. You don't, you don't want to read the Bible. You don't want to go to church. You don't want to pray. you just You're dead. It's just numb. But when you get saved, all that God breathes on your spirit. And his spirit joins with your spirit. It comes to life. And he'll resurrect you and give you newness of life like you've never known before. And it's wonderful. And it's normal. People who get saved say, wow, I've just started living. I had no idea. I thought I was living, but I'm not. Because you, you find your purpose And your purpose to, is to walk in, in wonderful Holy relationship with God That's just loving and intimate and personal Like a son or daughter with their father A loving father And he wants to save you So right there where you are right now listening I know some are watching this Live And then it will be aired again Others will watch the recording Of this, of this service Either way if you're there on this Easter Sunday or maybe a day or two after, whenever you're watching it, and you say, Pastor Chris, I really want to get right with the Lord. I, I don't want to be dead. I want to stop running. I want to run to the tomb and look in and be changed. Then right there where you are, bow your head and say this prayer with me. Okay, you you pray it with faith. I'm, gonna, I'm going to give you the words to say, but you pray it in faith. Pray it to God. And mean it. And whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. You know that, and I know that, Lord. And I'm sorry for my sins. I don't want to be this way anymore. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. I believe that Jesus lives to be my Savior and my Lord. Please forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Dwell in me. Be the Lord over my life. Wash me, cleanse me, change me. I repent of my sins. I turn from them. I'm not going to do them anymore. I'm going to live for you. Right now, you gotta say this, right now, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. You're gonna make me right with God and you're gonna be the leader of my life. And then do this, lift your hands up like this if you can and say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me from my sins. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. And if you pray that prayer today, I wanna know. We want to celebrate with you. So message us, message us, let us know, send us an email. uh, Let us know what God has done in your life. Maybe you used to serve the Lord, you're you're coming back to the Lord, you backslid, but you're coming back to the Lord. Let us know. Come on, we want to know what God's done in your life, okay? But I love you, and I just thank God for every one of you who are born again, who've experienced that new birth who know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You rejoice today, okay? Celebrate today. I think every day ought to be Easter Sunday. Every day we ought to think about it. But today's a special day. And so I just want you to spend the rest of the day saying under your breath or out loud, Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me, coming back to life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Hallelujah. God bless you.